Hello and welcome to episode two of A Witty Fool. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to get to talk about this quote, which comes from like one of my favorite books of all time. I'm so excited. But first, I need a sip of my matcha. <laughs> Here's a little, a little matcha ASMR for you. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you are enjoying a sweet treat of your own. All right, let's let's hop in. <laughs> Today's quote comes from the book Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. The main character, Jacob, grew up with his grandfather telling him stories of invisible boys, monsters, and women who could turn into birds. He claimed all these people were real and friends of his, but Jacob naturally started having doubts as he grew older and says the line, We cling to our fairy tales until the price for believing them becomes too high. It's such a good line. It's so good. I wasn't sure that I would have enough to talk about with this line but as I started writing and like you know planning my notes I was like wait I could relate this to some some situations in in my life and in life in general so I'm actually really excited to talk about this and this book series because the Miss Peregrine's Peculiar Children series is my favorite book series I love reading and especially more lately because in 2023 and the second half of 2022 I just I kind of stopped reading for fun. I got really busy with school and I just stopped making time in my week for reading. But I love, I love books. I love reading. And in the last couple months, I've been reading a lot more and it's made me so happy. So I'm excited to talk about this series because I love it. So the author of the Miss Peregrine series, is, his name is Ransom Riggs. There, there are six books in the series. I own five of them. I'm missing the third one. I don't know why. I still haven't gotten it yet. Just I've read all of them. I just like I want to have the full set, you know, in my in my bookshelf. So the author Ransom Rigg started writing when he was young, and as he got older, he became interested in photography because he got a camera for Christmas one year. Later on, he got into film and started making movies like in his backyard and at his house with his friends. So film, photography, writing which are all three things that would end up playing into the miss peregrine series because what started as a book became a series became a movie i don't know how popular it is honestly i really have no idea but i love it the miss peregrine's home for peculiar children became a movie when did that come out okay it came out in 2016 that's crazy it feels like it was not that long ago at all yeah, so a lot of people that enjoy the books don't like the movie because it's very different from the books. It still has the same charm, I think, but some of the characters are swapped and just it's a little different and people don't like it for that reason. But I watched the movie before I read the book, so that's how I got introduced to the world of these these peculiar kids. And I loved it and I still love it. I love this book because... You can read the first book on its own, and if if you if like, cause sometimes you read a series, you like start a series, and the book is the first book is so good, but it ends up on a cliffhanger, and then you have to read the full series. But then you just feel like like if I'm reading a series, I can't read anything else. Like sometimes I can read two books at once, but it, not if one of them is a series, you know, because you got to be invested. And I always recommend this book because you know maybe you like the first book or it's like your favorite thing or you just don't want to read a series you can totally just read it on its own and it doesn't make you like craving more for me i was craving more because i loved it so much and i wanted to learn more so i was very glad it was a series but i do recommend the first book on its own it's very good why photography is involved in these books is because 
throughout all of the books, there's photos here. Let me, let me have my whole stack of books right next to me. Let me look at them. And it's not like scarce at all. Like there's a lot of photos. It's super cool. Some of them are totally real. Some of them are photoshopped a little bit. Ransom Riggs talks about them. He'll um, cite all the, where all the photos came from. And he said he got a lot of them from swap meets and like random, I think like garage sales and stuff like that. I wish I could show you, but this is a podcast, so I can't show you. If you don't, if you aren't familiar with the story, it's about a bunch of kids that live in this, like, it's called a loop, like a time loop. So they're actually like over 100 years old, but they they stay the same age and they all have peculiar abilities. So on the cover of the first book, there's a girl that can levitate and she's one of the one of the peculiars. And then there's like Millard, he's invisible. Um, Enoch, he can like make dead things come alive. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's really creepy. I like it. It's I love um, like whimsical, creepy stuff, which is why I like this book so much there's just a bunch of like creepy photos and some of them are just like really sweet too like this one i just opened to it just this older woman with a bird on her hand i just think it's so cool how ransom riggs can like he saw these these random photos and then created a whole character a whole story based off of them i think that's super cool i had never read a book that uses photos in this way because it's not a picture book it's just has these random photos throughout it and i just think it's super cool and unique and i love it really brings the world to life you know sorry matcha break (laughs) and about the movie i was reading um some interview that he did and he was talking about how he was involved in the movie more than most authors are because when you when an author signs the rights to like allow their book to be produced as a movie the producers and the directors aren't obligated to really communicate much with the author because they already have the rights they can really do whatever they want with it which is why a lot of movies are so different from the book but ransom riggs in this interview said that because the world that miss peregrine's peculiar children takes place in is so complex and confusing he had to have a say a bigger say in the movie because the directors kept asking him questions about like how time loops work and like time travel and stuff so i think that's pretty cool i love the movie so i think that they did a great job bringing this world to life even if it was very different from the book it still had the same charm i think so for context this quote is said in the prologue of the book by jacob because he narrates the story he believes these stories that his grandpa tells him and then one day in second grade, he gets made fun of by this one guy in his grade for believing in fairies, and they call him like something like it's just it's just like a nick like a rude name about how oh he believes in fairies and they all make fun of him. I think the meaning of the word price can be taken a couple different ways. Like for example, in Jacob's case, we cling to our fairy tales until the price for believing them becomes too high. Means oh he got embarrassed. He was clinging to these fairy tales he wanted to believe so badly that his grandpa's stories were true because they were super cool. But then he got embarrassed. So the price for believing them became too high because now his whole class thinks he's stupid. And after this day, he refused to believe in these stories that his grandpa told him because he got embarrassed. Like that's There's this fear. If we have a belief in something that most people don't have, we're going to be looked down upon for it and we're going to 
people are going to make fun of us and people are going to look at us the same way because we believe something that's different from them. Now, when I say that out loud, it make it sounds like this could be talking about more than just fairy tales. That's why I was wondering, I was like, how do I relate this quote to real life? But now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, yeah, like if you believe in something that's different from the ordinary, people will look at you different and that's scary and people don't want to People don't want to be different. They want to blend in. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want people to think they're stupid. So that's why we blend in. There's also this false hope. In Jacob's case, why would my grandpa lie to me? Why would he make these stories up if they weren't true? Why Why would he spend so many years building this world for me and telling me all these stories about these people and when he was lying the whole time? Because we don't want anyone to lie to us. I think that's why there's a lot of confusion with kids as they grow up and they start to ask more when when kids grow up and they start to ask more questions about the world about these fairy tales that they grew up believing. It's really confusing for them because they want to believe that magic is real, that frogs can turn into princes and fairy fairies are real and dragons exist because it's exciting and you don't see that every day and and it's magical and people want to believe in magic so it's really confusing and hard when kids grow up and start to learn that oh magic isn't real in that sense but me as Marin, i do believe that magic exists in a lot of different ways (laughs) so i think i think the price for believing in fairy tales can be embarrassment um hurt fear confusion but all fairy tales have real life meanings and are meant to teach lessons. Little Red, like Little Red Riding Hood, let's take that for example. It was a story about this girl, this naive girl, going to give some bread to her grandma, and then her grandma gets eaten by a wolf. <laughs> that story is about, well, for one, love, because this girl really cares about her grandma that she's putting herself in scary situations just to see her grandma, but also, like, be careful like there's scary people out there that you got to watch out for and don't give them information (laughs) like that like that's the lesson there's also cinderella for example that's a that's a love story your prince or your princess might not be the person that you think it's gonna be things aren't always what you expected things aren't always what what they seem that's kind of a big lesson that i think fairy tales have Like, they all have lessons to learn, you know? They all have lessons to teach, and that's why they were all written with that in mind. But there is a little magic involved to make them, you know, interesting and fun, which is why fairy tales are so exciting, especially for little kids. I think a big example of this is Santa. I believed in Santa for a long time. It was, like, fifth or sixth grade when I stopped believing in Santa, which I think is later for most for most people, but I know other people have the same, like believe, believe longer because I wanted to believe in Santa so bad. I remember the last Christmas I had when my mom still signed Santa on the on the presents under the tree, and I remember I used to have a sleepover with my sister every Christmas. We actually we did this year, but we hadn't for a while. Um, and I remember talking to her that night because. She didn't want to... I actually shout out to my sister. She did not want to spoil to me that Santa wasn't real. So I appreciate her for going along with this. Because she's four years older than me. So she knew better at this age. But I think it was 
fifth grade. I could it was fifth or sixth grade, and I was talking about how at that time I believed that if you believed in Santa, then he was real. But if you didn't believe in Santa, then he wasn't going to come. And I think this this kind of sparked from the movie Polar Express, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Those kids that were on the Polar Express, they all believed in Santa, and he was real. But those parents, they didn't believe in Santa, so they couldn't hear the bell. So he wasn't, he really wasn't real for those parents because they didn't believe, but he was 100% real for those kids. So at that age, that's what I believed in. You know, if you believed in Santa, then, then you know, he'll bring Christmas magic to you. But if you don't, then he won't. Because I really wanted to believe that there was magic out there that there was this you know happy old man that just enjoyed making people happy but in reality it was just my parents (laughs) my parents enjoyed making me and my sister happy so so you know what shout out to my parents because while they are not this old man with a long beard and a massive Wait, I don't want to say that. <laughs> well, my fa- <laughs> you know what I was about to say. <laughs> well, my parents aren't this old man with a long beard who eats cookie- eat cookies all day. They did help bring me a lot of Christmas cheer and magic. Sh- shout out to them. <laughs> when I was younger, I also had an imaginary friend. I kept her to myself, though, because I, like, I know some kids, like, they're they're very open, but I'll go, I had this magic friend, her name is Sarah, like, I didn't even have a name for this girl, I just talked to her when I was, like, in the shower and stuff, like, you know when you're in the shower and you get all, like, philosophical, like, maybe that's just me, but when I'm in the shower, unless I'm, like, jamming to, like, Lady Gaga or something, because I do like to jam in the shower, obviously, but sometimes when I'm in the shower, I just start thinking, I start thinking because it's either the first thing I do when I wake up or the last thing I do before I go to bed. So usually I take showers in the morning, but like I think I think about my life and sometimes when I was when I was younger I would, I would just start yapping to this this imaginary friend about my my issues. <laughs> I'm sure I had many issues when I was five years old, <laughs> but I knew that she wasn't real. But I wanted to believe that there was someone who would listen to my problems no matter what, you know? Like, I would talk to her about things going on in my life, and I would almost talk back as if I was her responding because I wanted there to be this one person that I could talk to about anything. And so for me, that was kind of a fairy tale. But as I grow older, I have actual friends that'll listen to me. It's crazy. It's crazy. Sometimes, like, it's crazy how I can have an issue, and I can just call my friend up and talk about my issue. I don't need to have an imaginary friend anymore because people out there are real. Like that's kind of crazy to me. <laughs> that's exciting. Like I wanted that so bad when I was younger because I feel like everyone is mean. Can I just be real? Elementary school was brutal. Loved it so much, but there was so much drama for no reason. I feel like I couldn't talk to anyone. I got into this big argument with my best friend because her oh my gosh i don't even want to like rehash this again in kindergarten my best friend told me her favorite one direction member was nile so mine couldn't be nile obviously so i said mine was zane because i wanted to be like special because no one's favorite was zane at that age but like let's be real was all like we all liked nile (laughs) come on let's be real um but her sister's favorite one direction member was nile so she's like you can't tell like my sister who was friends with her sister 
she's like, you, my sister, her name is Emma. She's like, you can't tell Emma because she'll tell my sister. So I go, okay, well, obviously I'm going to tell Emma. So I go tell Emma that her, that, that her, that my best friend's favorite One Direction member is Niall. She tells my friend's sister who tells my friend, oh my gosh, I was like ostracized at recess. I was, it was horrible. It was the bit, I, I have never felt betrayal like that. I mean, I guess I was one that betrayed, but you know what? Like, that's her fault for trusting me. I was only, like, seven. Um, yeah, we made up eventually, and we, we are still friends today, but um, I, I will never forgive her for, for that, truly. Never. <laughs> Why did I start talking about that? Where did that come from? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> that was a big tangent. <laughs> Okay, side note, I know this is only my second episode, but just right now, I'm already feeling a lot more comfortable and confident talking, so I'm glad we're, we're already making some progress, so I can't wait for more. I can't wait to keep getting better at this. Okay, let's continue. Where was I? Oh, I was talking about One Direction. <laughs> Why was I talking about One Direction? Okay, we're gonna move on. Another example of clinging to a fairy tale or... I use fa- I'm using fairy tale kind of loosely because I'm trying to relate this more, but I was thinking about looking up to people and idolizing people. I can think of a couple like different examples for this, but for one is your parents. When you're a little kid, you think that your parents are right about everything and they know what's best and they're basically like mini gods in a way because like what they say goes and they're your parents so for the most part you're like yeah your parents do know best they they're just trying to protect you and keep you safe and like stop you from doing stupid things <laughs> usually <laughs> but you kind of idolize them in a way and when you get older and you start to think more about the world like I guess it starts when you're in middle school and then high school and then as you you become an adult you realize that your parents aren't gods, <laughs> that they're not perfect, and you start to oppose them more and maybe you have more disagreements with them as you learn that they're just people too, you know? My biggest way I can relate to this quote is talking about dreams, and I think that our dreams and aspirations are fairy tales in a way. Even sometimes people will say that it's a fairy tale to have a certain dream. For example, I'm going into acting, so my dream is to be a professional actor, to perform on stage and be in movies, and like that's all. Like, I'm going into acting, so obviously my dream is to be in big TV shows and movies. But saying that out loud is kind of a fairy tale because it's really hard to achieve, especially pursuing any degree in the arts. There's a lot of pressure, um, and a lot of judgment from people to not not necessarily succeed but just like the fact that you're doing it at all because it takes a lot of work to succeed in it that doesn't mean it's impossible it just takes work and I think those people that say make comments like oh it's a fair oh it's just a fairy tale like why do you believe in that why do you believe that it's possible to do that they're just trying to put you down because they don't understand how much work it takes I think I think people who say that think that it's just people that are in these movies and tv shows they just get famous overnight that's not really true it takes so much work to get to get to certain parts like people that are on broadway like they didn't just magically wake up one day on broadway they worked for it because i think that any dream 
no matter how far-fetched it is, it is possible if you put in the work and you have to believe in it. That's a, that's a big thing. You have to believe that your dream is possible. And if that's not a, a real-life fairy tale, I don't know what is. Like, my, my dream life is a fairy tale for some people. But I want to make this fairy tale a reality because... I really love this thing that I want to do and I really love acting and I love performance and I love film and TV and stage and I want to work really hard to make this dream a reality. So if people want to call it a fairy tale, that's fine. But I really want it to be my life one day, so I'm going to work for it. (laughs) So with that in mind, my goal for this week is to try to believe in your fairy tale, that the life that you wish to live is possible for me that's acting. That's the life I wish to live is to be a professional actor. And that is scary. And I'm clinging to this fairy tale of mine, even though the price is high. The price for believing in this is high because if I fail, there is embarrassment. There is this fear that, oh, I put so much time and work into something that completely failed. And, and if I think about that too much, then I'm not going to succeed. But I have to focus on this dream of mine and working for this dream because the price is high, especially in the field that I want to go into. It's scary to like, yeah, I have to make I'm going to have to make a living as an actor. I'm sure I'll probably do other things on the side. It's scary to go into this, but I'm going to cling to this dream of mine because I want to do it really bad. But I know that I have to work for it. So as you try to believe in your fairy tale this week, do something to make it closer to reality. Work for it. Dreams don't come rea- don't become realities overnight. Unfortunately, real life is not the same as a fairy tale. We don't all have a fairy godmother that can just turn our rags into dresses. It's not that easy. You do have to put in a lot of work. But I think that there's something really rewarding in working for your dream because when it pays off in the end, you'll know that you deserved it and that you worked hard to make it a reality and you'll be so proud of yourself so yeah that's my goal for this week believe in your fairy tale and do something to make it closer to reality really work for it i guess that's it for this week (laughs) i this this recording was a lot longer than i thought it would be i'm surprised that i had a lot to talk about although i did go on a couple tangents but i will say before i close off if you like fantasy dark fantasy just quirky books i do recommend giving this giving the miss peregrine's series a try the first book is called miss peregrine's home for peculiar children there are six books in the series but if you decide you don't want to read a whole series the first book is great i love it so much and if you do read these books and if you are a fan of the series i would love to talk about it because it's so good um ransom riggs is an amazing author and he's so quirky and unique and i I'm very grateful that he has written these books. (laughs) I think that's it. Yeah, I'm going to go read Museum of Wonders because I actually haven't read it yet and I want to read it. So now I'm like going to read it today. So I hope you all have a lovely day. Believe in your fairy tales because they can become reality. And yeah, I guess that's closing out. I will see you next week. Bye.